he finally was like, uh, uh, do you guys want some of my cocaine? I brought way too much for just me. And we're like, ha, 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 ha. And they're like, well, time for us to keep moving. <laughs> I know. And it's so uh, funny because it, it was not cocaine. Yeah, that, that had, but we were always like, was well, it though? But when people are like, well, did you ever feel unsafe on the trail? Like, that's the only time I felt like unsafe. The, I was like, I felt ah. just like weird. I was like, what's going on? Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Molly. And you're listening to the Two, Two Sisters, Sisters on Adventures podcast. podcast. We're kind of nearing the end of our John Muir Trail journey. This was day, what, 13? And I think the thing that's kind of interesting about this day is we thought that we would have three more days on trail, two more nights. <sighs> Honestly. But you'll find out towards the end of the podcast, we actually ended up only having two more days and one night on trail. So things kind of get sped up from here. But this was the day that we were going to tackle and take on Forester Pass. And I feel like Forester Pass is the highest point on the Pacific Crest Trail. I thought it was the highest point on the John Muir Trail. I don't, I think technically it, I mean, other than Mount Whitney, I think technically it is. Well, because Trail Crest isn't part of the John Muir Trail. (laughs) But I'm just going to tell you this right now. When you get to the top of Forester, you have done something awesome. Yeah. But just FYI, the highest pass that you'll go on on the John Muir Trail is actually called Trail Crest, and that's where you go basically to go down uh, from Mount, like, so you're headed down from Mount Whitney, and you're trying to get down to Whitney Portal. You have to go over Trail Crest, and you actually have to go up before you go down, and that was the highest point on trail, which was kind of hilarious to me because I feel like we were at Forrester, and we were so excited, and eventually, obviously, we had to go up again. But this day, we had decided that we were going to take things slow. Molly and I both agreed that this was probably our coldest night in the tent. I definitely was double socking it, you know? I was using Molly's extra socks. <laughs> and, and I even wrote that um, our tent was solidly frost-covered in the morning. So, uh, fortunately, our zipper didn't have to like get unzipped by the frost this night. But mm-hmm. um, my shoes, I always keep them under the vestibule. And the toe part of my shoes was sticking out, and they were frozen yeah, solid. Yeah. So I did put on frozen shoes uh, in the yeah. morning. <laughs> um, I think you sat on them for a little while, too. Yeah, and I remember this morning was the one where it was especially painful to get the bear can uh, yeah, open. I remember. Uh, which, is the hack to use a credit card to That's open That's what people say, but I'm also like, what if my credit card gets ruined? Oh, I know, right? <laughs> I think that we sat on our bear can, too, didn't we? To try to warm it up. Yeah. It, it was hard to open it, and it, I mean... Once again, we didn't bring like ski gloves, and I don't know if that would have been. I don't know. It was welcome. ironic because I remember thinking there were bear um, lockers there. Yeah. And the night before, we had talked about like we'll just throw our bear cans in there with the lids off, and I was like, actually, that would have been a better plan Honestly. because it was so cold. Uh-huh. It would have been a lot easier to open them that way. And the, the nights had been getting progressively colder, mm-hmm. but once, like Carrie said, this was I think the coldest night we had yeah. on trail, and I remember thinking, you know what? Well. I c- so to preface it, we'd been getting closer and closer to the end of our journey. And I started to think like, oh man, I'm almost done. Like I'm not going to be on trail anymore. I'm feeling kind of sad. And then that morning when we were just so cold, I thought, you know, I think I would be okay to be off trail yeah, just yeah. for the sake of being able yeah, to be I'm warm. a little bit, I'm tired of being cold. <laughs> exactly. So, Did you feel like you were cold even in your sleeping bag with your liner or was it just I was, ultimately? I mean, yeah. so I think I've spent a night, like before we got the liners, like shivering in my sleeping bag where I was just so cold and I wasn't that cold, but, um, I was noticing that I felt cold 
and the entire night. Not just my face, like, my core actually felt somewhat chilly, and I I think I did probably sleep at some point, um, so I think I was Mm -hmm. probably warmer than you, but, uh, it was still chilly. And I will mention, I believe Chantel, she had one of those, like, collapsible sleeping pads where they fold up and they're the egg crate style, and Mm -hmm. she put that underneath her inflatable sleeping Mm -hmm. pad, and she said that kept her really warm. So that's just yeah. another little thing you can think of if you're going to go out and cold camping is more layers that insulate you from the ground, the more warm you're going to be at night. Exactly. So after we kind of got everything ready to go. We visited with Jeff a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we visited with morning. Jeff. We visited with, I think Sophia was there. Chantel was ready to get up and get going before all of us. Very classic Chantel. <laughs> Always happy. Way to go. Um, And then we left around 9 a.m. I just remember we were like, well, let's wait and see when the sun reaches oh, us. Man. I don't know why we kept saying that. And then we were like looking and the sun comes out and... <laughs> I don't know. I maybe by noon it would have come to me. <laughs> I know, and like once the sun does go in between the mountains and shines, it never shines on your campsite. No, it just shines not. on the mountains behind yeah, you. Yeah, and so then you feel even more like it's so far it's away. So far out. Oh, uh, but it was it was kind of nice yeah. to prepare my mind. Like you know what, there are things about the civilized world that I'm excited yeah. to go back yeah. to. <laughs> and um, I think that we did actually wear pants for this full day. So yes, yes, this was a day where we wore pants all day. Well, actually, uh, I had to change later, but you'll get to, we'll get to that. (laughs) So we started our ascent up Forrester. And I was nervous for Forrester. I think that because Pinchot had been so difficult for me. Yeah. And because that's not typically one known for me. It kind of like freaked me out of like, how will Forrester go? Yeah. And, uh, you know, we had camped, I I don't know, maybe five miles or so mm-hmm. below Forrester. So you knew you were going to just go uphill and it was going to be over 13,000 feet. And for some reason, I just was like, you know what? I guess we're not racing today. We're just going to walk at like kind of a slower pace. And, yeah, and every was... other day we were racing. Oh, we were well, in a race. I know, right? Kidding. Yeah, it's kind of where <laughs> my mind But you have to was. tell yourself, yeah, we're not going to nanny rigid. And uh, so in my journal, I basically kind of just mentioned that we marched right up to the top of the pass and felt great. And it's true. We did a good job. I thought it was really cool, too, as we headed up Forrester Path. Pa- <laughs> the path up Forrester Pass. <laughs> uh, it's a tongue twister. How there was just, like, some really nice lakes around. And I think it was kind of special to see all the peaks kind of rising up around mm-hmm. you. Because you were so high you could finally yeah. see them. Where on some of the other passes you just kind of saw what was before you or behind you. But I felt like we could see... Peaks that were far yeah, away, Yeah, too. peaks that were far away. Which, you know, in our minds we're always like, oh my gosh, can I see to you Yosemite? <laughs> right. Not really. But, you know, you'd be uh-huh. like, wow, I wonder how far away I'm seeing. And so that was just kind of a special feeling. And when we finally got up all that granite and we're right at the top of Forester Pass, I mean, I was so elated. Yeah. And I remember showing a picture of me kind of by the iconic Forester Pass sign. And um, one of my one of our friends was like, you just look so happy in that picture. And I'm like, yeah, I definitely was because we'd made it. Yeah. You know, it felt like we'd made it. Yeah. And regardless of if the Whitney Summit happened or not, we had done Forester Pass. It was a beautiful, clear day. We could see everything. You know, we just met those girls and heard their story about how they never saw anything on Forester Pass. They didn't get to go up Whitney. And here we were on a bluebird day. The wind was, like, so still, too. Mm -hmm. So that wasn't even a factor. Yeah, it was gorgeous. Yeah. And at the top, we also met and visited with a lady who was from Portland, which yeah. was kind of ironic, you know, because we had been living in Oregon as well. And I know, so, so we could just talk about... Talk Oregon with yeah, her. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, we, we really took in the sights and the views, and I think just, like, interna- 
internally celebrated the victory mm-hmm. that was getting to the top of Forrester yeah. before we decided, I guess it's time to yeah. continue on our journey. And I guess I will say one thing about the trip up Forrester that I, I kind of forget about is there were kind of some really neat waterfalls and stuff too. You know, you remember that when we had to cross, it was just sliding down the rock. It's not like a huge drop yeah. off waterfall. I'm, I really just loved all the little it was lakes. Really there pretty. was one lake that was this deep blue and mm-hmm. kind of clear color. Like heart shaped. Um, that was heart shaped. And, and then there was another area where there was a lake above the trail and below the trail. And you could hear the water going underneath the rocks that yeah, you were standing on. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just really cool and such an otherworldly place. Mm-hmm. I think when you get to that high of an elevation, it's just so different and then you know, you're marmots. walking on the trail and it's there's so many rocks and then you see like a little succulent like tucked yes, away underneath that. a rock and I always think that's so fascinating yeah. at you know 12,500 feet an area that's barren and so devoid of most forms of life that can't get yep. lower down in the winters here's this little uh, I tell flower. Molly how is it possible that a succulent in a, oh my in a home is like one of the hardest plants to raise it's like anything <laughs> you do kills it honestly but it's like yeah I can serve survive at 13,000 feet with like, uh, I'll just have 12, I don't know, 30 feet of snow on me in the winter and then it'll all melt off and I'll get a ton of sun and thunderstorms and that'll be perfect. I'll grow very healthily. Exactly. So once again, like every other day on trail, we had made it to the top of a pass and now it was time to descend. And Forrester is such a fun descent going southbound. Uh, The first little section that you descend is like a little bit of a switchback and then very steep and rocky where Mm -hmm. it's not really a discernible trail. It's just like walking down rocks to like the next section of the switchback. And I think Carrie was telling me at the time that when they have mule trains, they have to untie the mule trains going down Forrester, especially in that section, yeah. because you wouldn't want one to slip and then take the whole train down. Yeah. Uh, I've actually seen a video of a mule train going up there, and I'm like, I'd be so scared oh if my I gosh. saw them coming, because what am I honestly, supposed to do? Where do you, do you just like lay against the rock? And then it was just so <laughs> scenic, but bizarre. There's this one section where I feel like there were a lot of pictures, especially when it was snow covered, mm-hmm. where there's almost like this steel beam it looks like that's reinforcing the trail and so you can see it and you're like oh gosh I'm like afraid to walk over that section because what if it just goes away Uh Uh, but it made for some beautiful pictures just because of the sheerness of the mountainside and the drop off and once again the perfect bluebird day Mm -hmm. and it's kind of interesting because you can see even the chute which is like the Uh, kind of the crux of the Sierras in a way if you're going through it in the winter where um, in the winter or? yeah well oh. sorry i mean during the sp- early spring and early or the spring and early summer which looks as though it were winter <laughs> in other states of the country yeah, right? but in the sierras yes it's spring during the snow covered period of time which is not winter <laughs> it's kind of like one of those areas where you know people are always like oh yeah we got to get through that little avalanche paths on like on Forrester and you see people with their ice axes and all that stuff and so it's kind of fun to go through it when there's just no snow yeah exactly (laughs) but it was such a unique area and it was a really neat way to start our descent and it's kind of funny because you go down that that side of Forrester and it feels like it takes forever but then suddenly you're just at the bottom you know yeah and I think we saw what maybe one group of people going up we started not seeing hardly anyone at all at that point we did see yeah one group of people like right at the top of Forrester they were almost to the top and then we didn't see anyone 
I mean, I think we saw like two more people mm -hmm. the rest of the day. Um, and so this was the 17th of September. Yeah. And so at that point already, it felt like the trail was kind of clearing out. Yeah. I remember, so as we came down, we were like, okay, we got to look for a place to refill our water. And of course there's like some guy sitting there and he had his <sighs> shoes off and I think he had a bag of like baby powder or like foot powder or something like that. <laughs> like he was just like such a, um, interesting conversationalist. Yeah. And he finally was like, uh... Uh, do you guys want some of my cocaine? I brought way too much for just me. And we're like, ha, 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 And they're like, well, time for us to keep moving. <laughs> I know, and it's so uh, funny because it, it was not cocaine. Yeah, I, I had, but we were always like, was well, it, though? But when people are like, well, did you ever feel unsafe on the trail? Like, that's the only time I felt like unsafe. The, I was like, I felt ah! just, like, weird. I was like, what's going on? Exactly. But then as we continued a little farther, remember, we met that guy, and he had just started his northbound yeah. journey. Yeah. He had summoned Whitney, right? He had summoned Whitney yeah. the day before. But I just remember, I don't know, he just looked kind of fresh and clean in a way. Yeah. And he saw Forrester pass, and he was like, wow where's you know where's the past and we were able to kind of point it out to him he was just like wow like so excited yeah. and yeah. I it was kind of gave me a little pep in my step yeah. to see someone who was so excited and just ready to go I you know agree. Um, and so from the top of Forrester to the campsite we had chosen was about 10 miles but and I wish I could say it was all downhill but no. it wasn't there was a slight uphill and I remember that uphill being like yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> well, so the first downhill was quite nice, pretty rolly. And, yeah, we can make good time on we it. We made some good time. Um, eventually, we did stop at, I think, I can't remember which creek it is, but we stopped at this little campground, and of course, there's no one there because it's the middle of the day in yeah. September, and we, we had some there. gummies <laughs> and sat down, and we're kind of like, okay, well... This is our easier day, right? I yeah, mean, not yeah. easy in terms of we and went we were, over Forrester. We were looking forward to yeah, the next but we're day. only doing fourteen miles, and then the next day we were just gonna do what, eight like or eight six. more miles, because yeah. oh, we man, were gonna yeah. camp at um, Guitar, Guitar Lake. Lake so that we'd be ready to do a middle of the night summit at Mount Whitney for sunrise. So we were kind of just feeling like, ah, oh, this is you know a kind of shorter day. Yeah. Tomorrow's gonna be even shorter. How exciting! And then we crossed that creek and we continued on. And, and that's where we met. I think it was two guys who were like somewhat trail runners yeah, slash fast Yeah, backers. they were trail runners. Mm -hmm. um, well, I think, yeah, because they were yeah, cruising yeah. and I don't even know where they originated they from. They had some or, kind of a loop. Of course, there's also Lake South America in that area, which everyone has to kind of be like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I, made, I went so far, I made it to South yeah, America. Honestly. <laughs> and then we kind of headed up this thing called the Bighorn Plateau, which yeah. is a really neat area. I mean, after all you've seen, you're kind of like this is it you know you're just walking on a plateau yeah, but it, it was, was totally different it was funny because this was the point uh -huh. at which we started being like i wonder which thing that we're looking at is mount whitney and we came to the realization we had no idea what mount whitney looked, looked like. like yeah <laughs> we'd be like maybe that's mount whitney but we'd be like well we don't really have any frame of reference and molly stopped and took a picture pointing at what she thought was Mount Whitney, and we kind of made fun of her because we're like, ah, you're not Mount Whitney. And in the end, she actually was right. It was Mount Whitney. Nicely done. <laughs> I know. And so seeing Mount Whitney from the backside is just really interesting mm -hmm. because I feel like you see it from, like, uh, if you were going from Whitney Portal up, 
that's like a view that you kind of see, but you don't really know what it looks like. And who was it that told us the top was like a football field? I think you had read that comment somewhere because you kept oh. saying that. They say the top looks like a football field. <laughs> the top looks like a football field. <laughs> that one can't be it because the top looks like a football well, field. I don't know. I thought that it was actually like a ranger or someone, but I don't know. No. Basically, you know, you think about some of the passes and how you could stand like three people shoulder to shoulder at the top and that's all the wider yeah. it is. And then I read a comment or heard someone say at some point that the top of Mount Whitney is the size of a football field. So you can't fall off of it. Yeah. I swear someone told it to me. Katie. No, I, you read that somewhere. Whatever. I <laughs> but I, you know what? I'm not going to pretend like I know your life. <laughs> Molly heard that or read it somewhere. She knew about it. <laughs> and it's, it is true that, uh, the backside of Mount Whitney is this very, very vast kind mm-hmm. of rocky, um, plateau yeah. that was like football field. <laughs> so we started getting excited because we were getting close to our campsite, yeah. but this is the funny part for me of the day where we're on this flat plateau. There's really no trees, no cover, nowhere to hide. (laughs) And as we're walking, this was the longest period of time I'd worn my pants that I brought for hiking. And oh my goodness, the tag in the back started driving me absolutely nuts. (laughs) It was like giving me a rash or like chafing somewhere. I don't know. But I was just, and it it sat right where my bottom of my backpack was too. Mm. So it was like extra like pressure and being chafed. Yeah. And so finally I was like, you guys need to just go on ahead. I'm going to go ahead and change my shorts back here. And so I did. So it's funny because I actually never wore those pants for a full day. I wore them for like half days yeah. periodically <laughs> when I had to. And that's how I know that I'm not going to be wearing the backpacking <laughs> this year. That's so true. So I changed my pants and then we started rolling downhill to our new campsite. We were so excited. It was going to be time for the end of our day. And as we rolled into camp, it was so cool because we saw Chantel. It's Pepper. It's Pepper. I think she had just sat out her tent to let it dry in the sun. And it was just, it was so wonderful because our tent was wet from From the frost frost. when we packed it up. And so, so we got mm-hmm. so excited to just start drying stuff I changed stuff into my out. camp shoes. It was like 4.15. Um, there was a bear box at that campsite, and we found, I think, um, a, a jar home- of peanut butter And unopened. a homemade pizza. Like, oh, yeah. um, like you were supposed to mix it up, yeah. like the sauce and the cheese and stuff, and you were yeah. supposed to put it on a tortilla. And so mm-hmm. we were like investigating that and <laughs> trying to think about where we wanted to pitch our tents. Yep. And oh, but before we even wanted to do that, we just laid out and enjoyed the oh, sun. Oh, it was so nice. And so then I looked at my inReach finally for the first time that day. And of course, <laughs> I have a text that's like, FYI. The forecast is saying so. This was Saturday. Oh, and I, we'd been messaging Kayla on the inreach. I think. yeah, Kayla's the one who picked us up the last couple of days. Yeah, trying to keep her up on our progress because originally and we were like, oh, we're gonna need you to pick us up Wednesday, yeah. and then it was Tuesday. Yeah, and now it was Monday. Was what we were telling her. Yeah, and she had kindly also offered to look at some different forecast websites for yeah, us. Yeah, she is. So very she was kind. probably using like the NOAA weather mm-hmm. site to figure out yeah actual. And forecasts. so she kind of texted us saying, hey, just heads up, it's looking like there's gonna be a storm on Monday. And that's one of the, you know, scenarios where it's a foot over 10,000 feet is a foot of snow, a foot of snow is very likely. And I remember it was kind of funny because, well, so she was texting us. So I was just like, I don't even want to read this to everyone. I appreciated the info, but I wanted the information to be that it was going to be nice. Honestly. (laughs) Um, and it was so funny because we kind of read it to them and there were these two other guys who were on camp and they're like, oh, don't worry about that. I just got weather on my inReach and it says it'll be just fine. Which if you remember the (laughs) inReach... I don't know about for other people. Maybe sometimes it's accurate, but historically for us has been like so inaccurate. 
Yeah, we were thinking back to Muir Pass yeah. where, you know, it was telling us that it might... Like, like maybe a, wasn't even going to rain. There was a 5% chance yeah. of rain, and it was currently raining. Yeah, and exactly. And it rained for hours. Yeah. And so they were like, well, our inReach said it's going to be sunny, and we just felt like, ah, that's just yeah. too much of a risk to yeah. deal with. And when you think of, you know, one foot over 10,000 yeah. feet, we were camping, you know, pretty close to 10,000 feet at that site mm-hmm. and then you think about to leave the trail you could try to leave it i think by a connector trail from cottonwood yeah. but if you're gonna leave off of the jmt just even if you skip mount whitney trail crest is like thirteen thousand five hundred feet right. we just started thinking like okay we don't need to be stuck out here in a snowstorm so we kind of thought about it as a group and said well, what do we want to do and we decided that we were going to push another almost five miles that that evening and then make our summit attempt at Mount Whitney the following day so that we could get out of there uh, before the storm hit on Monday. So now we had bumped our itinerary up to finishing on Sunday. So we very sadly threw all of our stuff back onto our packs and we got our tents loaded back up and we put on our trail shoes and I feel like as we headed out of there it was just such an like a a dejected little hike where you're kind of just going oh and of course it's uphill and of course you're kind of tired because you already told yourself it was the end of your day you told your body go ahead relax I'm not gonna do anything else to you you know it's gonna be sunny yeah it's sunny and so it just felt so disappointing I wrote in my journal it was like a death march (laughs) yeah yeah and I think um What's 1900 uh, in military time? Is that seven? That's well, that must not be right. 7 p.m. We would no, I think that's okay, accurate. I think, yeah, so we, yeah, started... so it was late in the day, yeah, too. Well. Like, we had been ready to have dinner, you know, yeah. and now it's kind of like, well, we're not gonna have dinner now. And how many hours did we hike at that point? Because we had well, to go, about it must five not have been summit because. Because the sun was going down at, like, 7.30 at that point. Um, we hiked for, like, an hour and a half on. So, maybe yeah. we hiked. But we, we ended well, at the, sunset. Yeah, the sun was setting. Uh, so, anyways, it was, like, a death march of this yeah. dejective, like, well, we got to get there. And we knew we only and had so much daylight. Yeah. So, we were hiking pretty quickly. Yep, one foot in front of the other, oh, just man. going. And... All of a sudden, Sophia was like, well, does anybody want to play any games? Because we've just been hiking in, like, this depressed silence, which is maybe not how you want to finish out your JMT journey. Honestly. And I don't remember. What was the game called? Do you know? I don't know if it had a name. Yeah. Basically, where you try to guess the word a person is thinking of by spelling it with letters, right? But you have to guess the same letter as another person. Otherwise, it doesn't oh, count, yeah, right? yeah. So yeah. one person would think of a word, mm-hmm. and then you would have to... What did you say? Three, two, one? I think connect? so. Yeah, connect, yeah. <laughs> and then you'd have to say the letter, and then if yeah. you, if two people said different letters, then it wouldn't work. Yep. And so you had to go until you could say the same letters. Yep. So you had to be on the same page. Yeah. And then, uh, I don't even rem- I it remember, was, yeah. it took me, like... It took all of us so, so long. much time to understand the concept Which of the Which was really funny, you Well, know? and I'm sure, like, to someone who knew how to play yeah, it, it was, like, was as funny. ridiculous. Like, what are these people yeah, doing? what's wrong with them? But it was actually a fun game, so we played it, um, like, the rest of that mm-hmm. evening while we walked. There was plenty of laughter, for And sure. then it was fun, because then we could play it the next day, too. Yeah. And, uh, maybe I would come prepared for another thru-hike with, like, a little sheet of games to yeah, play. Yeah, honestly. Because it does give a, it's a, like a nice way to distract yourself. It is. Especially when you're on a death march. Yeah, especially when you're like, 
really thought you were going to be done hiking for the day. So then we kind of rolled into our next campsite. I think it was Crabtree was the area that we were going to go Yeah, to. and yeah. so mm-hmm. if you go, I think you go, like, downhill towards the river, you can go to Crabtree where yeah. the ranger station is, and I think there's a bear box there and stuff. Uh, but we kept following the trail up mm-hmm. along the hill. Uh, so there was just, like, this nice kind of plateau with some trees and it and was... i think part of the reason we chose not to go downhill well first of all we were like ugh, that just means uphill in the morning well, which uh, we're summoning whitney yeah. so <laughs> but anyway we just saw there were so many people down there and somebody down there did they yell like there's no more space down here or something like that and they're like there's Maybe. one spot by the river keep yeah. going something like that and and was, so... the, was the tent site we had actually on far out or did we just no it a... just was a spot that yeah, you know it was, just was flat. flat and obviously i mean you know people was, had camped there before there was no vegetation yeah no vegetation it was, it was more just of a, like the volcanic a very kind of nice like spot to camp and it felt kind of private and and i thought that was nice because it was our last night on trail yeah. kind of suddenly and it was like, I don't know, we didn't really, we weren't really trying to talk to other people, you know, uh-huh. and get their opinions about what the weather was going to be like. We yeah. just wanted to sit there and enjoy one of our last nights together. And there was a little bit of a scramble down a pretty steep hill to the river to yeah. get our water, but um, no, it was like a nice campsite. I'd, I'd camp there again. One yeah, of my favorites, probably. Yeah. And so it was just one of those things where um, I wrote in my journal that it was like bittersweet and a little bit shocking yeah, because yeah. we were going to be done. Yeah. Versus where, where you kind of in your mind have the thought of like, we're going to hang out, we're going to enjoy dinner, then we're going to have a very short day. Yeah. And then our plan had been to get to Guitar Lake pretty early in the day because it's just eight miles, Yep. set up camp, go to bed early, and we were going to try to summit Mount Whitney for sunrise. Because I feel like a lot of the time you see people summiting Mount Whitney at sunrise. Yeah. And as we were kind of adding to our days and making them so long, I kind of just started thinking to myself, like, is there an actual reason why we have to summit at sunrise? Yeah. Like, I knew that that would be cool, but I also thought, okay, so here we are ending our day at, like, 9, 8, 9 p.m. By the yeah. time we're in bed, 9.30, because yeah. it's just so late. Yeah. And what, we're going to get up at, at 1 in the morning yeah. and, like, stumble out of our beds yeah. and... I just started thinking, like, it doesn't really seem necessary or that beneficial. And as cool as it is, I'm sure, to stand at the top of Mount Whitney for sunrise, it didn't seem like there was a specific safety reason why it had to be sunrise. I know that, like, in certain times of the year, you want to be off the top of Mount Whitney before, you know, like, noon when thunderstorms might roll in. But I just, the more I thought about it, I finally said to everyone, is there a reason why we have to summit at sunrise, you know, in (laughs) mid-September? And we all kind of were like, oh, I don't think there is. It was funny, yeah, because we had all just assumed Mm -hmm. we would summit at sunrise. And then once we were, like, challenged to question why that was, no one had an answer. Yeah. And we were like, oh, I don't think we need to summit at sunrise. And I'm sure it'd be really cool. But then it was another thing where it was like, okay, well, it's just going to also be kind of a trudge up there in the dark and I kind of wanted to be able to see what I was doing and where I was going and it felt like we would miss a lot of the sights along the way yeah. as well so then we decided okay we're just gonna go earlier we, we in the made, morning we made a goal of getting to the top of Whitney by like 11 a.m yeah yeah but we decided there wasn't a specific reason for us to summit at sunrise so we said okay and that was kind of nice in a way too though because then we all huddled around our jet boils and made our final meal together, and I think we kind of sat and visited, even though it was so cold, but it wasn't as cold as the night before, and we looked at the stars a little bit, and I think it was a much nicer wrap-up to our journey, Yeah, like a last night, than kind of trying to just, like, 
desperately shovel food down our throats because we wanted to get to Mount Whitney at sunrise. Yeah, so that was pretty wild because, once again, we'd been expecting kind of a mid-range day, like 16 miles, and then a really short day to Guitar Lake, Mm -hmm. Um, but instead we made it a 20-mile day with 4,000 feet of elevation gain, and we were going to follow it up with another 20-mile day (laughs) to uh, Summit Whitney and get back to Whitney Portal. So uh, I guess it was just interesting how you know, we had to be flexible the entire trail and we had to be no more flexible the very last day when yeah. we shortened our itinerary, combined days together on the trail. Uh, but we were doing it, yep. you know, we were hiking the JMT and I think that's what it's all about. Yeah. And we were setting ourselves up for the best possible scenario, even though we couldn't control the weather mm-hmm. and we couldn't accurately predict it. No, nope. We did everything we could in our power to set ourselves up to have the most success possible. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Two Sisters on Adventures podcast. If you want to see any of the things that we talked about, I'm going to be posting, well, we're going to be posting a lot of photos from Forester Pass, which is just such a iconic and beautiful area. Tune in next week to hear how it goes for the summit of Mount Whitney. Bye. <laughs> Bye.